Can I close that? <laughs> I'll put that there. <laughs> I have a tiny book. I, um, being a visiting speaker is, is always uh, um, difficult because it's like, well, who are, the, who are the people I'm speaking to? But as a member of the Nine Plot Service, I kind of know quite a few people, which is quite nice. Um, I remember uh, a visiting speaker telling me once he spoke in a church and as he was shaking hands as people were leaving the church, um, one of the ladies said to him, thank you very much for your ministry in the morning. It was like the love and the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he was so honored. He was like, that was amazing. And then the vicar explained to him afterwards that the love and the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ is beyond understanding and endures forever. And, um, and it actually wasn't a compliment. So if you say that to me when you leave this morning, I know that you didn't enjoy it. Um, very interesting choice of uh, verses connected to the topic of work. I have no idea why all of those verses are about being a sluggard when we're supposed to be talking about work. And, uh, and I, I'm one of those people where I, kind of, I spend a lot of time thinking about, you know, what is it that I should be saying this morning? I prepare a sermon, and I never stick to it. Um, but I do have a three-point sermon, but just to give you the headlights, it's basically don't be a sluggard. It's very obvious, isn't it? Work faithfully and be generous. So that was my sermon, and, and they're fairly self-explanatory. I mean, I could spend five minutes talking about don't be a sluggard, but it'd probably bore you, um, so I won't do that. What I want to do is talk about what we should be, because it's very clear that we shouldn't be sluggardly. Does anyone actually use that word anymore? Apart from for teenage children, maybe. Sorry, Alex. He's in his 20s now. Um, so the church is a really interesting thing. You know, here we are, we are being church this morning. We are, we are gathered together as the people of God, and we're worshipping, and we're fellowshipping, and we are uh, doing what we do on a Sunday morning. But the church isn't just the church gathered, as you know. The church is also the church when we're scattered on a Monday to Friday, or a Monday to Saturday, or any days of the week we happen to work now. So we are the church, not just here. We are the church wherever we go. And there's a, there's a real dichotomy, I think, um, in people's thinking sometimes about what is, what is spiritual work and what is normal work. And it's a, and it's a real problem. I, I was a missionary for 20 years, um, did lots of work overseas. In my early 20s, lived in India for a long time. When we were newly married, we were in Kazakhstan for a long time. And, uh, and it's really interesting, you know, meeting my friends who were, who were kind of in normal work, saying, oh, I wish I could give up work and, and do God's work like you are. And it was so, I was going to, it really was stupid. They were doing God's work just the same as we were trying to do God's work. We were just doing it in a different location. And, um, and I think that, yeah, we sometimes think that yeah, it wouldn't be great to earn enough money to, to stop working early and then be able to just do God's work. And yet, God has called us to do his work wherever we are. You know, the Great Commission is one of the most understood passages in Scripture. You know, I'm, I'm old enough now that you know, I did respond to Keith Green saying, Jesus commands us to go. And... Um, and it was like, you know, we all need to go. We need to go to the mission field. We were, 
we were in America recently and there was a big event going on called The Send and it was all about, you know, you've got to go, you've got to go. And, um, and the trouble is that passage of scripture, the Great Commission, isn't necessarily about going. If you were to read it properly, it says, whilst going into all the world, make disciples. Whilst going about your ordinary, everyday lives, make disciples. Whilst going into your workplace, make disciples. Whilst going about your social life, make disciples. It's whilst going, make. And the command is make. And how do we make disciples? Well, it's very clear. We make disciples by being a witness to Jesus Christ. And, we, and we're a witness to Jesus Christ by how we behave, how we talk, and how we do things. So, so not being sluggardly is one of the important things that we need to note from this morning's passages. Um, what's it like to be a Christian in the workplace? You know, what does a Christian airline pilot do that's uniquely Christian? In many cases, I don't care as long as they land that plane safely. That is the most important thing they have to do. If they do it gently as well, it's even a bonus. But there's nothing, there's nothing uniquely Christian about being a pilot. It's being a great pilot, being the best pilot you can be. Yeah, when I go to my doctors, yeah, I don't mind if they wear a fish badge, but the fish badge isn't important. It's the fact that they can diagnose what's wrong with me and give me the right treatment that's important. Um, when I go to a restaurant, yeah, I don't mind whether it's a Christian restaurant or a non-Christian restaurant, as long as it's really clean. Cleanliness. It's really interesting talking to somebody with a, with a restaurant recently, and they were saying the number one thing they have to get right is cleanliness. Because the first thing people notice is cleanliness. The second thing they have to get right is the food. But it's the cleanliness that matters. And it's really interesting, you know, as a, as a Christian in the workplace, how do we do the absolute best that we can. How can we not be sluggards in the workplace? You know, I don't want a sluggardly pilot. I don't want a sluggardly chef. I don't want a sluggardly doctor. I want somebody who does the best that they can. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to be the best that we can. You know, work is, um, work is something God has called us to. Work is something that's integral into how we live. Those verses in, in Proverbs, really interesting. Yeah, if you don't work hard, if you don't work properly, um, you're like the sluggard and all those things that said that happened to sluggards. Um, but I think the, yeah, there, there's, a, there's a calling on us as the church to be the church wherever we go, to be the followers of Christ, to be the examples of Christ. Yeah, people don't necessarily show interest in joining us on our faith journey just because we mention that we go to church or because we have a Bible verse on our desk or whatever it happens to be. They, they, they're interested in us and our lives. You know, Jesus draws people to himself. But he, he, he uses us and we are, um, as disciples, obedient followers of Christ in the workplace and people notice and they want to they want to ask questions. I'm always amazed, you know, Karen was the a chaplain in the city centre here, and uh, it always amazes me, the stories of, you know, just going in and saying that I'm the local chaplain, can I help you? And people are desperate to have a conversation, desperate to, to ask meaningful questions. 
um, about what does that mean? And you know, many people that haven't been to church really interested in the things of God. Um, you know, that we're, we're living in a place, in a time where you know, fewer and fewer people go to church, but the interest in spirituality and Christianity is very high. Um, and I think you know, we're not in the workplace necessarily to do evangelism, but by being an example of a Christ follower in the workplace, people will talk to us. Just the other day, I, was, I, was, I parked next to a Porsche in the car park, in, not in the church, in the, um, although I could have done, um, in the city center. And it's really interesting, this guy got out of the Porsche. I was, I was actually driving, what was Alex's car, a little Volkswagen up at the time, <laughs> parked it next to this Porsche. And, um, and I said to the chap, I said, oh, nice car. And he said, oh, you can have it if you want. And it was a, it's quite stunning. It's like, what do you mean I can have it? So I said, well, there's only two reasons why you'd say I could have it. One is that you're extremely generous, and I'd be very grateful for it. The second is that you're planning to end your life this week, and I think that's the, that's the answer. So why don't we go for coffee? I went for coffee for two hours, poured his heart out about the desperate situation he was in, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and was able to have that engaging conversation. And we have, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's one of those kind of supernatural conversations that I wasn't expecting. I just wanted a haircut. Um, <laughs> but, it's, but it's really interesting. You know, we don't know where people are at. You know, you'd think this guy, you know, parking in Winchester in a Porsche, successful, doing well, probably quite happy with himself, absolutely desperate. You know, people in the shops in the, in the high street, in the offices in the high street, you know, they, they serve you very happily, but actually behind, there's often deep questions they want answers to. There's people they want to talk to. There's, there's things they want to get off their chest. And, um, and being available, that's kind of the point I'm trying to make, if you're wondering. Being available um, as a witness wherever you are, whilst going about your ordinary, everyday lives, or your exciting everyday lives, not just ordinary, um, and being available to God to say, you know, God, here I am. I'm in this place. I am your follower. This is the Great Commission. The Great Commission is being available wherever you happen to be. So how do we, how do we ensure that we are good witnesses? And I think part of it ref is reflected in those very strange selection of verses about not being a sluggard. You know, if you were the sluggard at work, people probably wouldn't have respect for you, wouldn't want to know your views on things, etc. But being, being a faithful worker, um, doing what you do to the glory of God, doing what you do to the best of your ability, is being a witness. And lots of people do that, not just Christians, but as Christians, we have a duty to do it. And also, um, with the Great Commission, you know, it's, it's, we've got to get out of our mindsets that we go to work to raise money to give to mission. Yeah, we are missionaries wherever we go. A lot of reasons why people go to work is to make money, obviously. And, uh, and they make money to uh, do things. I was eating breakfast this morning, you'll be pleased to know. I had some granola and some yogurt and some coffee. And I was thinking, yeah, what work went into my breakfast? So I didn't just go to Sainsbury's, yeah, I went to Sainsbury's, bought, bought some products, or Karen probably did. 
Um, what work went into my breakfast? And when you think about it, you know, the, 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 the oats and the raisins and the almonds and the strawberries and the yogurt and the actual yogurt, you know, there, there's farmers involved and there's transport involved and then there's processing involved and then there's packaging and marketing, et cetera, et cetera. You know, work is that probably took thousands of people to prepare my breakfast. Even the people that are generating the power to power those factories and power those tractors and, and, and print those, uh, those boxes or packets, plastic. I don't know why packaging has got so bad, but anyway. Um, the, the the, there's work in everything. Um, and, and the world happens because of work. And we need, I think as Christians, to think about work and about money. I was with somebody earlier this week um, who makes a lot of money and him and his wife were saying that when they turned 60 they decided that they'd got enough money so it was like yeah, should we go into the ministry or should we keep employing thousands of people in their business and, and having that realisation that actually going into they, they'd been in ministry all their lives growing their business um, and actually their ministry was using that money that they make to do good um, so they happen to give away a lot of money. Um, I think it's now, on average, 20 million pounds a year they give away because they've made enough money, as you can tell, more than enough money. And, um, and it's really interesting that, that that process they went through of, you know, do we stop now at 60 and go into ministry and then having that realization that actually their whole life has been ministry. Um, creating employment is ministry. Creating wealth is ministry. Making things is ministry. And ministry isn't just them now giving away, but ministry is everything they have done to get to that point. As you can tell, I didn't stick to my sermon notes. I've just kind of waffled on. I hope it's made some sense. Um, so when we look at the Great Commission, the, the gathered and scattered, I'm just trying to reinforce the important things I've said rather than all the waffle. Um, we, are, we are not just the church gathered, but we are the church scattered and we should be witnesses wherever we go. And how we do that is really through the great command. And the great command is that we should love the Lord our God with all heart, mind, soul, and strength, and we should love our neighbor as ourselves. If we did that day in, day out, wherever we are, it would make a phenomenal difference. Can you imagine going to work and saying, I'm going to work and in this place, I'm loving God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. And I'm going to love my neighbor as myself. You know, loving your neighbor as yourself is the greatest witness. It's the greatest mission. It's how people get drawn. Um, sorry, it's one of the ways in which people get drawn to Christ. It's because they see that we've spent time with Jesus. They see... You know, you look at the disciples, <clears throat> you know, they, they notice, the well, you've spent time with Jesus. You know, they notice that they had been with Jesus. And people will notice if you spend time with Jesus, if you love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then if we love our neighbor as ourselves, what does that look like? Just think about it for a minute. What does it look like tomorrow or the next day or the next, not tomorrow because it's a bank holiday, um, what does it look like on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday this week or, or the following week? 
What does it look like to love your neighbor as yourself? It's quite funny. If I asked around, you know, how many people love yourselves? Very few people would put their hand up, would they? But actually, you've got to love your neighbor as yourself. And, and you do love yourself. You care for yourself. You want the best for yourself. You want to be well. You want to be well fed. You want to be cared for. What does it look like to love your neighbor as yourself in the workplace? There's many people who are you know, managers, employers, business owners who tragically don't love their neighbor as themselves because their neighbor are the people that they work with, the people they employ, the people they are responsible for. Um, and it makes a huge difference if in the workplace we loved those people. Their yeah, love is what's going to change the world. So don't be a sluggard. Work faithfully, give generously, but most of all, understand that whilst going about your ordinary, everyday lives, love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Amen.